It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Oh, the sun is out today, and let's shine some light on some things we see the Phillies doing, hopefully in the near future, if not before spring training, whenever that may be. I'm going to bring on Chad Dermott. That's right, 2008 world champ. Chad Dermott joining me right here on Pine Tar for Breakfast. What up, and welcome to another episode of Pie Tar for Breakfast. Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. And I thought, you know, one of my favorite people that I've come across in the game, pretty much well-known as as far as being a Phillies uh, world champ. Um, <laughs> definitely not a former world champ. That is always going to live with him. Chad Durbin. Durbs, what's up, dude? What is happening, man? Good <sighs> to talk with you. Yeah, I know. I- it's, uh, well... Look, I'm in the basement and I'm looking outside and I'm seeing the sun for the first time and it feels like a month. <laughs> I know it's only been a few days, but it feels like it's been forever. So it's been nice. I'm 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 excited. I get to talk to you and uh yeah, so everything good? Yeah, everything's good. Uh, you know, just navigating um, you know, the the holidays and COVID and and everything else like uh like everybody listening. Yeah, and I feel like everyone else that, that that's listening is uh, kind of intrigued by someone that you know uh, in Dave Dombrowski. Um, you played under him in 06, 07. Uh, he fortunately let you go to the Phillies in 08. Uh, and, and I say fortunately because you won a world title, so you're bad. Uh, Work, worked out for us. Worked I, out for me and but, my family. But I think like when we look at Dave Dombrowski and you, you go from the Expos to the Marlins to – uh, the Tigers to the Red Sox, it, it all you see that follows is success. Um, your yeah. initial reaction for him coming back and and, and into the game, uh, and leading the Phillies. I was I I didn't think that it was even a possibility, and the fact that it was pulled off, and then reading how it all kind of played out, and how Nashville kind of got put on the back burner, and that Middleton was privy to that information and and kept trying and got just you know, happened got happened to send him a text the day that they found it. I, I don't know I, I, got, I got a little info on this <laughs> yeah this is need to know information big daddy um so yeah dave uh is 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 a proven commodity he is he cuts out the bs it's straight to the point which i think really fits i mean any city but philly specifically um to have a kid and, and then to know that you know he brought sam fold into the fold um which is uh yeah obviously uh, i think a great thing for sam a great thing for um for for players and for staff and for you know whole organization but to have the the just the basis that dave brings and and the knowledge of it how quickly he makes decisions um you know that he's developed over the years but he's also gone out and got free agents and made great trades uh it's it's just a proven commodity um like we started, we talked about, it. he did. They non-tendered me um, after the 07 season, and I had a pretty good season. Not great, but I had a good enough season that if they kept me, it wouldn't have been a question mark. Uh, if they let me go, it was a little bit weird, but um, I didn't throw 95. There was a mold yeah. that they had, and I didn't fit it. And um, and like I said, he makes quick decisions, and it was what it was. And I was able to go and um, you know and play in uh, in Philly and and have the the time of my life there and i so i'm thankful for it and they and they've always uh, dave didn't stay in touch but al avila stayed in touch um every time i saw the you know the guys from detroit or al Kaline, uh who passed away this past year uh was i mean phenomenal gave me a big bear hug and was excited for me after the philly win there's just there's a lot of uh you know memories that came detroit gave me my second you know my real second chance at getting to the big leagues and sticking again um and kind of springboarded the 
the path. And, and it was guys like Dave and Pat Gillick, um, you know, the old gray hair guys that have seen it all that they give guys, they, they find guys like me who weren't a name. Nobody knew who Chad Durbin was in Philadelphia before I came. Um, but they oh, saw they definitely that, know now uh, they, they might know now. And so maybe they're forgetting <laughs> that, you know, some years are passing, but the, the reality was that they, they knew, Hey, hey this guy's same age as, uh, as some of our core. He fits the bill, might be able to be a fifth starter, but can I think he can relieve. And those are the things that, you know, Dave and Pat Gillick and, and Ruben and, and Al and those guys, you know, that's why I think Sam's going to benefit so greatly from this and, and really speed up his, his learning curve is that Dave's going to see things that Sam can't. But immediately when Sam starts processing, he's like, okay, I see it now. That yeah, makes we're perfect gonna- sense. This is really cool. We'll, we'll talk Sam full, but you you brought something up that like he even mentioned in uh, his introductory press conference w- with or Zoom conference, whatever you want to call it, with Dave Dombrowski was the fact that there is that mold of a pitcher and power arms are something that he wants. And, and it's not about like just, oh, you got to throw hard. If you don't throw hard, you can't be here. There's there, there certain things that have to go and in, in, in be involved in it. He makes the trade for Jose Alvarado who is one of the nastier left-handed relievers when healthy. Um, When you go from a team that has, let's say, very few, probably it it seems like as far as uh, relievers that are bare minimum in in power arms, trying to build that, right? And I, I wonder, as a former bullpen guy, how does that affect you? Like knowing, you know, what you are, does it fit? Does it not? Does it, it all those things got to be playing in your mind if you're a guy on the current roster? Sure. Um, you become aware of the of the mold and 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 it's not you still add value if you're a guy that's, you know, I was 89 to 92, I'd touch a little bit high, higher, but every time I did, I backed up a base, so I decided that wasn't going to be for me. Um, but you, you the the here's what I, you know, I'll twist this just a little bit into how, how I identified potential dudes at the back end um, where Madsen was a starter for so long mm-hmm. and his stuff and his mentality and his durability played better on the back end. And, 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 and it took, you know, a Dave in, in Pat Gillick or, or those types of guys to say, Hey, maybe, maybe we have some of these players in place um, that do have the power arms that are already in our system that are fits that we don't have to go gamble on um, a guy who's maybe coming off an injury somewhere else or overpay for a guy that has proven it. Um, but for the guys that are, um, you know, that don't fit the mold, uh, there's 29 other teams out there. Yeah. And if it's not the Phillies, it might be the giants. It might be the angels. It might be Seattle, who, who, whoever it is, but they're watching and they've never been able to watch easier. Than yeah. they can right now. Well, I so, mean, we're, we're, we're being proven that by the number of scouts that are taken away because people are saying, oh, it's so much easier to scout on video now. You're like, no, nah. I mean, hey, no, no, come on. No. Look, those, the, the, the part of scouting that, in my opinion, people don't see is when the camera cuts off mm-hmm. and the guy walks towards the dugout after a bad outing and the scout gets to see what kind of human being he is yeah and gets to see what kind of teammate he is yeah because the truth of the matter is you can have the best stuff on the planet and if you're a turd you're not you're not good for the team yep yep and 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 that's the real you know especially in super some superstars you can put it up you can put up with that yeah but the the sticky part of the the roster the 15th to 22nd guy on a 25 26 27 minute roster those are the guys that you you don't have the wiggle room to be a dick. No, you're, it, absolutely. You, you better be a good clubhouse guy. Yep. Or you're replaceable. Yep. And 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 a lot of the guys that we're talking about that might not fit that power arm mold are those guys that um that that help mold a team and 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 push an agenda forward in the bullpen and and uh in, or I mean the the equivalent of the bullpen on the on the on the bench in game. Uh, it's the utility guys, it's the, it's the right and left-handed pinch hitters, first guys off, off the deck. Um, and those guys rarely are those guys, um, the types of human beings you don't want to go eat dinner with. Yeah, no, um, usually we're the ones that you're like, wait, where are we going? You're like, I, pff, the utility guy's got it all. He's got it all yeah. down. We, we're going here. Group text. <laughs> <sent>. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it's funny. Cause 
you know, I think we all made a huge, uh, just we're fascinated, I think, by what a lot of people in MLB Network, uh, Fox was bringing up uh, when it came to the to the clock, right? And having all these different uh, arms for Tampa Bay uh, this postseason as far as the relievers and just the variety. And yes, there were tons of power arms in there, but the variety. And you look at, you know, you go back to your guys' bullpen with Lidge, you, Madsen, Condry, Romero, uh, Cienez, Hap, Tom Gordon, Air. Scott Ayer. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at guys that all, there was nothing similar to about anyone. No. I mean, it was whether it went from body or or arm angle or stuff, it was so different and it all complemented one, you know, one another. And so is sure. it, you know, when you look at what there's that mold, the power arms, it's like, OK, I get the power arm thing. But what complements it? Like, you got to have the complement with it. Well, if you're going to have two or three power arms that throw at the top of the zone with a ton of vertical movement, you know, that late life on a bat on a fastball on a power curveball, you're going to have to go find some guys that have a ton of horizontal movement and run on the ball and sink mm -hmm. to complement. And whether it's, you know, it's, Scott air was a four seam slider guy. JC was a sinker, you know, power slider guy. Yeah. He's I like, like Scott, Scott's bearing it in on righties. JC's trying to like, he's going to trick you. He'll come in every once in a while, but that sink away was that was like he would just get your your front hip as a righty just to bail just a little bit just to think and then boom sinker boom. Well, he he would do you the favor of sinking a lefty, and if I had to face him the next day or even later in the game, he was inside aware, and I could throw my sinker away until he cheated, and then I could cut in, and so it helped me to bounce off the guy. So yeah. you almost you know if you don't communicate well as a bullpen, if you don't feed off of each other um, in the application of, of getting guys out um, and talk and communicate, it, it's all wasted energy. I think that's what certain organizations do a great job of on, on their pitching side. And certain ones are just, it, it's like they get all the way to the point where they could do it. And then the development stops. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, and we're just going to hope that it works out and hope is never a game plan. Um, you know, so that, that, that part of it to me is, um, is what was so good ab about bouncing back and forth from clay to, um, you know, to, to Scott, myself, JC Madsen Lidge and, and, and other guys that pieced in was the communication back and forth, the, you know, paying attention to the game and seeing that, Hey, hey Halliday got him out this way three times yep. yesterday. So, you know, maybe, maybe he forgets, but more than likely David Wright's going to, you know, look for that cutter away because that's all he saw yesterday. Hmm. And so maybe we sink him in or, or I'll let y'all know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to pound him in and we'll see if he pulls one off the, the wall, that's on me, but we'll communicate it. Hey, here's my game plan. I know we went through the scouting report and Doobie said this and that, but here's, here's my game plan. Um, this is what I'm going to do. And, um, and, and it was, but it was constant communication. It was being, you know, go and grab a guy and say, Hey, come look at the film. Come yeah. look. You're going to face these three guys. Yeah. Come look. It's being present. Like, right? It's being present. It's being, being available for each other because you know, it's, it's all going for the same common goal. That is something that we all like a, try to achieve in everything. I feel like, and, yeah. uh, teams that don't find that success, I feel like in the bullpens, usually aren't trying to pull from the same side of the rope. I, I can't I feel remember. Like... I, I, I can't remember. It's, it's like your bullpen is your mean streak. And, and I can't remember a competitor that got to the top level of any sport that didn't have a mean streak. And I can't remember a team that was successful in the playoffs in baseball that didn't have a, a, a bullpen that could just come in and ruin the last six outs for you. You know, they just come in and, and dominate you. And, and you knew in the sixth inning, if we don't get to this starter in their first reliever, we got, it's going to be tough. And, and I, and I feel like that is, it's hard to get to, it takes a lot of work, but when you do find those pieces, a power arm, um, you know, on both sides that can throw the eighth, now we need to find that those seventh inning guys. And then I feel like, I don't feel like I'm not going to defend Clintac, but if certain guys stay healthy, that was my then they question. have that on the backside. Well, that that was going to be my question because we've talked about this on on this uh, podcast was the fact that you guys used eighteen guys, right? And 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 three of those guys were actually you could say, yeah, three of the guys were call ups just to you know 
Les Waldron, RJ Swindle, Drew Carpenter, right? So you use yep. 15 really when you look at it as far as arms. That's insane. That that that's a, a week for most teams. It seems like these, that, you know, <laughs> in is. these days. Uh, how important? I mean, or what is more important? Is it the actual stuff, or is it the health of bullpen guys? Because I feel like one goes with the other, understandably. But having that, you know, uh, <laughs> those reliable arms, the guys that you can go every day or not every day, but it seemed like for most part, you guys are going every day. How important is that? Uh, availability is the best ability. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we had, you know, just a sweet spot in people's careers where, you know, they were healthy and, and it takes, I mean, it takes a little bit of luck. And, and so you had Lidge healthy, Scott air, myself, JC, we, all of us, we were all healthy that year. Um, and, and, and in the years, um, you know, going forward, you know, Lidge had some wobbles, um, Madsen had some wobbles. I had some hamstring things cause I thought I was still fast. Um, <laughs> but it, it, being healthy for an entire year, the whole narrative gets to write out. And, and so we were able to go ahead and execute and if you face a guy 15, 19 times, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, the one that comes better prepared is, is going to be more successful and we we're able to do that. Uh, you know, so you know, the, the real, the, the reality is, um, you know, the player development side is not just, you know, you know, running guns into a net, to see if I could throw mm -hmm. it 104 with a four ounce ball. And it's not, the, you know, and, and it's not wrong to, and it's not wrong to have that as part of a training, you know, complex. Um, but being available, being healthy, being able to, you know, see 162 game season at, at its whole, um, there's a lot of value to that that goes yeah. into the next couple of years of your career. And, and that was what I think, you know, really came into play and, and the makeup of the roster, um, just a couple old guys, a couple young guys, but the majority of guys were 27 to like 32. Yeah. They had and, an understanding. And, well, they had a lot of things in common yeah. off the field too, you know, yeah. young families, you know, uh, MJ was your hero. Um, you know, <laughs> we all watched Tiger Woods in his prime. Like it was, there's just a lot of things that like when you said it, you know, I feel sometimes now at 43, I'll say something to a 26 year old and I get a blank stare. You're like, really? And I'm like, oh, um, oh, wait, hang on. I'll is. go, I'll, I'll go online. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up on the uh, headset. Okay. Yeah. yeah is, uh, is Dominique Wilkins on TikTok? Yeah. Jeez. No. Okay. Well, um, we'll work from that. Yeah. Well, but uh, yeah, that's uh, I just felt like there was a lot of that going on and, and, and Dave did a good job of that in, in Detroit in uh six and seven and and in even eight uh, don trell and miguel are great clubhouse guys oh yeah um the team just didn't stay healthy um but yeah brandon inge was a phenomenal <laughs> glue guy who was really talented mm -hmm. um you know he was a great guy in the clubhouse um todd jones at the back end of the bullpen um there were guys like zach minor will ledesma just some fringe guys jeremy bonderman um kenny rogers having a jamie moyer type guy on the roster kenny yeah. was obviously I'm not going to say more talented because that's a knock on Moyer, but Kenny did throw mid nineties if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, but the, the same type of thing, they'd see you, they talk to you, they, they kind of grew you up and, and then some young talent um, like uh, you know, Andrew Miller and uh, Cameron Maben. Um, so, and then, you know, you saw what Dave did with those young talented guys as he traded them away to try to win now and then went and got them back later on. Yeah. No, you know, it, it's like it, it's incredible. Some of the things that he he did to go get guys and then bring them back, because I was like, yep. that's one of my things I've always thought is like this guy knows value of who he has, but he's also not trying to, you know, let it go. He, he He's, he's going to keep it on the front burner, not the back burner. I'm going to trade you, but I'm going to bring you back at some point. Like, I, 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 I know you did a really, a really good job of evaluating the quality of human being in some of the guys that they drafted during the years I was there and obviously talented kids, you get, you know, the, the, through those years when they weren't good, they got to go pick, you know, top four and five draft picks. So, but, but he knew what he had in those guys. Yeah. He knew what they, he knew who he had in the, with the Marlins. He knew Dontrell, he knew Miguel, he knew what kind of human beings they were. So it was easy to say, maybe it's worth, you know, trading some really high end talent. I'll just bring them back in about five years. Yeah. Um, you know, because I know who they are. But but I think like one of the things that he said 
in his Zoom conference was, look, sometimes your best part of your bullpen is that starting staff, though, right? And 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 is oh, yeah. it, it takes a lot of pressure. And you look at, I, I would say a very uh, common deal between that 06 team of you know Bonderman, Robertson, Rogers, Verlander, and your guys with Hamels, Moyer. Um, it, you look at the fact that you went 227, 196, and 190 as far as innings. That's a lot. And then that 06 Detroit yeah. team, they had 214, 208, 204, 186. That was their four. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, that helps as far as you know mitigating maybe a little bit of a cold streak, right, with the bullpen because mm-hmm. everyone's going to go through one. Um, but I feel like that that helps so much. And he talks about trying to develop and have those guys, the the ability to have starting pitching that goes six innings, seven innings. At you know, he's hoping to get to seven innings. Well, your your best reliever is your starter in the seventh inning, eighth and ninth, or there. That's we call it down in Louisiana land yap. It's the it's the the extra stuff on top. <laughs> if you're only going five and two thirds. There's there's a lot of outs for guys that aren't as good as the starters. Some of those relievers yeah. are, but they're 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 able to get a couple outs, yeah. and then and then they run out of gas. You know, either run out of gas or run out of stuff or some combination of that. Joe Bland was able to come in. That was a great midseason acquisition. Dave Dombrowski was able to bring guys in. You know, during the season, um, he's done. I, I I don't know if he's as good at that as he is at the evaluation up front hmm. of, of, of the talent and making sure that the composition of the roster is built to go win um, now. Um, it, it, whereas I feel like some other guys are, are really good at saying, we're close, we need to go get these guys. And it's not going to be Cliff Lee. It's going to be Joe Bland. Yeah. And, and, and those are, that's a tough decision to make, especially in a place that has, um, such a, uh, a, a an active uh, fan base and media base as Philly, you know, in a, in a season where we were playing well, I remember when we didn't get the big, big pieces that media was like, wait, w- what are we doing? Are yeah. we trying? Yeah. Like these guys are in their prime. And then later on, obviously it all works out. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's, know, but it's, it's the understanding of that, that chemistry. Like, I feel like there's, there's times like, you know, I don't want to put them in the nutshell, but I, I will. Is some of these Ivy Leaguers that are running teams, they claim they know what, what what's going on in that true chemistry of a clubhouse, but that's not really the thing. That's not really a a, a knowledgeable you know base. It seems like David Dombrowski has a real good pulse on clubhouses that he has, whether it's the trust in the manager, uh, the coaches that surround him, you know, the people that surround Dave Dombrowski. But he has a pretty good feel, it feels like, on that chemistry. And that's why, you know, there's ability for them to do it. Well, Pat Gillick had that. He had, he had a damn good feel about what fit in in, in the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but he played and Ruben played. And, and yeah. you know, and I'm not saying, look, maybe I'm, I'm you know, oblivious. I, I don't know Dave's background as a player. Um, you know, uh, but he did whatever he had to do to be plugged in, whether it's being plugged in with the clubhouse guys. And I, th- this is a layer of it that, you know, we know exists, but the guys that are in there every day, some of them players, some of them not, some of them staff, some of them not coaches, not there. You, you have to have some, some, you know, some, some delegation, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then the upward conversations that say, Hey, that, you know, this, this guy right here, this guy right here, they're, they're great clubhouse guys. These guys aren't getting along, whatever it is, but you, you, you register that temperature. And I mean, Dave's never, maybe he he might've, I mean, he's been around it for so long, maybe in his thirties and and forties, he was, you know, learning from the best and, and didn't quite know that stuff. I mean, it's definitely a learned skill. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and no one, no one to walk through or when not to walk through a clubhouse as a GM or assistant GM or president of, of operations, um, I don't think I saw Dave in a clubhouse unless he was making a, a left in Detroit to go talk to Jim Leland. Mm. Um, you, you rarely saw him, but Al Avila would peek his head in. And, you know, I, I guess that's the, you know, it's not like that's not talked about ahead of time. They're like, Hey, 
Yeah. You know, I'm going to go talk to Skip. You go talk to this guy. Yeah. Um, but Ruben rarely walked through unless he unless he was really trying to just maybe get a register. Um, rare, you know, it, it, I, there's there's an art to that. There's Absolutely. An art to and, and, and when you walk in, you <laughs> want that that GM, that that leader, that president to make you guys perk up a little bit like, hey, ooh, he's here. Right. It just that that's a big part of being in that position. Well, yes, there's, there's, you know, we know it from being in a clubhouse and you look up and you see, you're like, okay, well, you know, something's going on. Yeah. That's what I used to think when I was young. And then as you get older, you're like, and you're on winning teams, you know, obviously nothing's really going on. They're just, they're just checking the temperature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, yeah. which, which guys are sitting, staring at their phone, which guys are watching, you know, the early game on TV and talking baseball, you know, which guys are in the gym, which guys are in the, you know, in, you know, with the trainers, uh, which guys are eating. I mean, whatever it is, you just, you know, you, you check the temperature and then, you know, all right, every day at about four or five, I'm, I'm, you know, for the next couple of days, I'm gonna make a lap. Yeah. And, uh, and because we're about to make moves, <laughs> I, <laughs> need, I, need, I need, I need to, you know, get this down. Um, I, I, what, what I've found with, uh, you know, I, so spring training with Detroit was, um, more, you know, Cleveland had the same thing there, it was more dynamic. Um, when I was with Washington, I felt like it was just, you know, at that time in 05, it was kind of just thrown together. Yeah. Um, maybe the transition from Expos to, 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 you know, the nationals was part of it. And, but I felt like Cleveland was always trying to push, um, you know, development and, and it was almost like not a playground. I hate to use a, you know, a, a soft term like that on, on, on focus and development, but you, you, they wanted you to learn. They wanted you to, um, have the, the, the assets and resources available to, to get better. And I felt like Detroit did a good job of that. Cleveland did a good job of that. I know the Dodgers do a great job of it right now. And I know the Phillies are kind of turning in that direction. And some of it can get gummed up with, um, you know, all these, uh, you know, the, the analytics and driveline and all that stuff. But the truth is every player is different. Their passions are going to be different. The way that they learn and the way they interact with the analytics is, is you know, you know, individual. Mm -hmm. And that and valuing as a staff, the president of baseball operations, the GM, the assistant GMs, all the way down to the guys that write code that sit in back rooms when they speak up in meetings that they're valued, mm -hmm. that, 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 and that's the only way to get a Larry Boa, who I think is phenomenal. Only way to get him to value or, or the perceived value from other people that are going to, you know, let Larry lead them, you know, because, yep. you know, he's got baseball knowledge yep. um, coming out of his ears. But the only way to really get value out of that is to give that person their time to be heard and valued. And, and those, those you know, organizations and actually heard, right? I mean, not just, well, he, he was here. Like, when you say value, it's listening and understanding. And it doesn't mean you have to agree with everything, but actually giving that time. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I know, I know that, uh, you know, on the venture side, I do some stuff on the venture side and, you know, not everybody is, it's not all sports tech, which is obviously our wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. But when we get outside of that, listening to, you know, the guys that do sit in front of a computer and write programming for six hours a day, and they're passionate about it, like we are baseball, um, or even basketball, we talked before about, you know, for 20 minutes about basketball, and yeah. how passionate you and I are about just sports in general. Well, these guys are the best in their field at these things. And if we can value them and take the little pieces that work for us uh, away, the whole group gets better. Yeah. And those, and they're going to get passionate about what they're doing even more. So if, uh, if hall of famers and, and, you know, Philly's wall of fame guys are high-fiving them on the way out. Um, and it's just hard to, it's really hard to create that as a, you know, as, as a president of operations and all that. And I, I don't think Dave's ever looked down his nose at anybody else on staff. And that's why he's still around the game. Well, you got to um, morph, right? Like today's game, you have to morph and morph mm -hmm. into – you don't have to still be yourself and believe in what you believe in, your values, but you have to be able to adjust. And I feel like we've seen it with Cashman, right? I mean, you, year after year, you're talking about the Yankees for a reason. You're like, well, that's – like you're, you're talking the New York media, all the pressure of the fan – the, the number of titles they've had, and they continue to change, right? And, and, and we see the talent that they have, but what they accumulate, like what where yes. they're going. Um, Dave Dombrowski, he mentioned about, like, you know, the analytics. It's like, yeah, like, I'm all about it. Like, be, but it doesn't make all the decisions. 
He's a scout. Yeah. He's a former scout. And I feel like the voice of the scout has gone and left where, you know, you mentioned Larry Boa. I think a lot of people's problem with the analytics side is the one part where baseball players truly value and especially old baseball players is the scout. And it, yeah. it, when you take away from uh, the people that busted their ass for so many years to develop, you know, to, to bring in this talent, you know, and, and, and see it and say, this is the guy we need to identify and get, and they go do it. That's being overlooked now. And I feel like the Dave Dombrowski's of the world, like he looks and sees the analytics and he's like, I respect it because that is an actual fact. But there's something about that scout, that guy that I trust, the the voice, the eyes, the everything that he has seen, I'm going to go with, there's got to be the perfect meld. And, and, or, you know, melding of the two, and you're going, this guy can do that. No, it's 100% right. And 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 it's proven. It's not like we're saying, and, and, and there are tons of guys out there capable, and maybe their time isn't now, and maybe that's the case with uh, – with Clintac because it's a, he's, he's a great baseball guy. And, and you know, I really like being around him when I, when I, I was around him and it just wasn't, wasn't the fit at the moment. It, it, it's, it's, it's a tough world. It's as competitive as it gets. Um, but Dave's a proven commodity. The decision-making is going to be quick in a, in a situation where there's a sense of urgency to win and also develop and, 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 and be comprehensive about it. But in the evaluation of players, it is, it's the same thing. I mean, if I've got five guys and, and, and the analytics tell me that they're all, you know, within a small percentage of each other, how am I differentiating if I haven't had a scout evaluate them or know that, Hey man, I saw this kid play high school basketball and he's, and he's a junkyard dog out there. Yeah. You know, um, he'll go, he's not, he's going to work at the the very least, at the very least, he's going to give you everything he's got. These other couple guys, yeah, I've seen them quit. Yeah. I've seen them give up. Well, that, that was the um, beauty of like Gary Hughes, and and you remember Gary Hughes, Rock's father, longtime scout who mm-hmm. passed away this this year, and uh, he and I talked so often. But I remember like going to stuff as a little kid, watching basketball games with my dad, like for my dad's games, and Gary's in the stands, and it's like I'm like, well, well what? Dad would be like, yeah, it's Gary Hughes. He's a you know former scout or not former scout. He's a, he's a scout for a, a big league team, and uh i'm like why would he be here and it's like well he's just watching these guys play like they're baseball players playing basketball i want to see him move that's the great scout that's yep. like the one where you're like dude hey skip burtman came to my high school basketball games i LSU. would i would have pooped myself if skip burtman came to a, a, a football game of mine you know what i mean like skip was the man lsu oh. head baseball coach Yes, uh, yeah, I mean, it really changed uh, changed the culture down here, and and Just I mean, SEC bit. baseball would have been fine, but yeah, gorilla ball the talent that came, the people that moved in here and stayed in here in Baton Rouge, uh, it, it's kind of crazy what he did. But um, he, it was him and, and a guy named Beetle Bailey, um, who was another, it was his assistant coach and head head recruiter back then. Um, he, that that was that was how they evaluated. It was like, okay, I know he can throw a baseball, but he's he's better than everybody on the field right now. Yeah what happens when it's all even again? So let me see his secondary sports where he's six, two and he's playing against six, four kids that jump out of the gym and he's got to defend them. He's going to get dunked on. Let's see how he handles it. He's going to get shook. Let's see how he handles it. You know, that's just, I mean, it makes sense. Once you say it, you're like, Oh yeah, let me see this kid when, when, when the playing field's even, because that's, what's going to happen when he gets pro ball um, or, or comes to the sec or whatever that, that I think is what's lost and, and it come in full circle with what you're saying is the analytics can tell me the hits at 115, you know, exit velocity that, you know, that, that he does this well, he, he throws the ball, you know, uh, this hard and with these metrics, but you can't tell me when that butthole is going to slam shut <laughs> in a pressure situation, but you know, you've seen it. but you've seen it. <laughs> yes. I, he will quit. Yep. And I've heard scouts say that yep. he will quit. And then I see it happen in a game and I'm like, he was right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I haven't seen him quit, but now I've seen him. And quit. it's, it's not the, it, it's not a scout saying like be trying to be negative. He's just being honest because the scout is another huge arm, a piece of that, uh, of the puzzle, you know, oh, it, it, immensely valuable, right? It, it's like, People go, oh, this scout was just – he was just trying to crush him. It's like, no, he was just trying to make an honest opinion because his job relies on what he's seeing. 
right? I mean, he wants to make his franchise better. He doesn't want to make another franchise better. <laughs> let, let me ask this, um, uh, you know, and, and you may not even have a clue, but, Probably. and I know the top couple, but the, the, the big league organizations with the largest scouting staffs, is there a correlation between their success over the last five to 10 years um, and, and, and how many uh, scouts they have in their system? Um, you know, Yankees, Dodgers. Well, number one, uh, I think right now, or has been for the last few years, has been the Braves. I mean, uh, look what they're pushing out there. Yes, yes. But I do know that the, like the Dodgers kind of pulled back a little bit, but they've kept quite a bit. But they've um, always had big numbers. But they've had big numbers. And that's the thing is uh, – I don't know, and I think this last year we, we've seen so many franchises, because of the pandemic, uh, have to eliminate a lot of stuff, right? And and so, I don't know. I What is it? The Diamondbacks have 44. Um, Braves have 80. I don't even know. Like, there's way too many here. And I, and I know budgets are all different. Yes. And, and, but in and, and the quality of scout, the, the the senior executive scout, the advanced scout on the big league side. The, the Phillies were number on one going into this year. Number two. Well, take, the, the, now, take a bet. Number two or three. three. Well, okay, so, uh, when so Indians 105. Yeah. Indians 105. Dodgers 97. Uh, Phillies 96. But a lot, like you were saying, are assistant GMs you know, or, you know, scouts that, you know, just are bird eye guys, but whatever it's, they're there. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? That's, I'm, I'm not saying that the Red Sox, the, I know. take that back One eighteen, They had the number one. So you're looking at a Dave Dombrowski franchise who had, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had some guys. Scouting department. Oh yeah. Uh, well, in, in, in the, in, and then the correlation between, um, you know, the evaluation of talent and the development of talent. Um, you know, what the staffs look like that aren't like that they're on the field, but they're not, you know, the, the, the head, you know, the manager, the, the pitching coach and the, in the hitting coach on the minor league side, you know, it's the, it's the Rovers and, and, you know, the, the pitch, you know, characteristic and development, um, you know, guys at each stage of the minor leagues, uh, some, sometimes they carve them out into two and three different stages, meaning the lower levels, the mid levels and the high levels. And then with all the minor league teams getting cut out, you know, obviously you can't keep the same number of staff. If you don't have as many kids, yeah. you have to go evaluate. So yeah, it's definitely a moving target. And I was just curious in, in my own mind. And, and I know that you, you know, you're, you love this type of stuff. So oh, yeah. well, I love, uh, I love the scout. I love what they bring. I love the analytic, but I don't sit there and say, yep, it's the end all be all for the whole thing. Like for me, I look at, um, when I look at baseball, and I look at where it's going, I just always see that scout coming back. I do. And it maybe not maybe as as many, but it is as important to this game as we move forward as the analytics are. Now, what I think tops all that is great coaching. And I feel like the moment we can get back to realizing great coaches – and not just hot take uh, internet guru guys back in the big leagues, guys that are experienced. But I don't ever mean about being major league experience. Like if you've been a head coach, uh, a pitching coach at a, at, at a D1 program, D2, it doesn't matter. But you've led men or women in, in many cases. Like I'm sorry. I feel like that's the more we need to get back to. There's too many guys that are coming in with the non playing experience or coaching experience on the field and it's a lot of the the cage guys bullpen guys that you're like oh you could teach me certain things but mm, i don't know the that's Phillies, that old school new school meld and um yeah you know well I the phillies hired the, caleb the, cotham right he's he's the new mm -hmm. pitching coach i've been impressed uh i had him on the podcast uh i want to say over a month ago and Things that stood out to me. Now, tell me if these are important and or the, the one thing that is the most important, I thought, was um, I asked him, like, you see some of these, you know, the problems that you've had with the bullpen and the starters uh, this past season. What do you think? Like, what are what do you how do you correct that? And his number one thing that he said to me, like, without even hesitation, was I haven't talked to these guys, so I don't even want to give opinions until I've seen and then talked to them. 
about certain things before I make yeah. that that assumption. How important is that for a pitching coach? Because when you know they love you and care about you, you're willing to listen. Yeah. Yeah. And if I don't think you give a crap about me, <laughs> I don't care what you have to say. Yeah. Um, and, and you get over that a little bit as you get older. But <laughs> when you're talking about, I mean, the, the cream of the crop in town on the, on the planet throwing a baseball, um, emotional, and, you know, some guys are, and you, know, you just want connection. Yeah. And knowing that that guy's in it with you, you know, and that doesn't happen by just seeing them the first time in spring training. It's, it's a zoom call once, you know, once a, once a month um, it's, it's text to see what's going on. Hey, can you send me your last, um, you know, as you start throwing, you know, where are you throwing? Are you doing anything on Rapsodo? Um, do you mind throwing some slow motion video at me? If you're using that, I just like to see it. How do you feel about the way the ball's coming out of your hand? How, you know, how's your family doing? Like, man, when, when, when I see, guys that you know the first thing out of their mouth is hey how's crystal and how's your family how old your boy now and then we'll get to the guts of this yeah man i'm listening i'm yep. in yep you know you want to and, invest and, in them like that yes. that's the big part is that i feel like with hitting coaches the best hitting coaches like i, I don't know like Gigi got some he was hit or miss with some guys because he cared like he literally didn't care about the bs of like what you're your batting, he wanted to make sure that you were golden, right? Like your mind was right. Like everything good? Like just little small talk. Didn't need to talk your ear off, but he wanted to know you. And if he knew you, he knew how he was going to get you to have success, right? Yes. I mean, and that's a huge part. Doobie seemed like he was, and I say seemed like he was because I wasn't a pitcher. I wasn't around him in those meetings and all that stuff. Doobie cared about <clears throat> me as a position player in, in his way, but there's a difference when he's your actual, like, you know, that's your guy. That is your coach. That is the one you're leaning on when things are wrong. Yeah. He, you know, in, in different guys, you know, work differently. Chuck Hernandez, who was in Detroit with me and uh, Brent Strom I had um, in Kansas city. The, the one thing I could say about every one of them was, um, you know, when they had to be, you know, coarse and, and unemotional um, they were, but most of the time they had that emotional IQ and that empathy, you know, whether it was empathy towards the positive side, I'm so proud of you. You did a great job. Um, you executed on things we've been working on for years or months. Um, or when it was going downhill, Hey man, I know you're struggling, you know, here's the things I think we need to do get back to who you are. Like, it's just, it's, it's and then empathy. when you felt sorry for yourself, they kicked you in the ass. Oh, that's what I'm saying. When they <laughs> need to take the emotions out of it, they'd look you in the eye and say, you, you suck right now <laughs> and, and your arm still works but how you're crazy defeated when you run you're defeated when you run out of the bullpen and i can see it so if i can see it you know the guys fighting over the bat rack on the other side of the, of the field they want to hit off you because you look like you want to give it up how um, crazy but, is it when that is actually said to you because it's like initially you are like you want to fight you're like what are you talking about and then like literally 30 seconds into you're like yeah, you're right. I freaking terrible right now. Brutal. Like, <laughs> well, it's 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 like you do you do circles as a coach. I do it with 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 youth guys, high school guys, and stuff like that. That I that I you know coach and and I'll say something. I'll get on them. I'm like your attitude sucks, and it's going to reflect when you go out there. I promise you. <laughs> um, you you you, you, you know, I hate to say soft, but it ain't even S O F T. It's S A W F T. Right. <laughs> And, and you, you put yeah, extra Cajun. letters and change the way it's set. And then I come back and, you know, give them a couple minutes because they're mad. You can tell them they want to fight. And yeah. then you make the circle back and you're like, all right, so now that we've established that you're soft for the minute, um, <laughs> what are you? and then you see them look at you again, all right, I come back. Then you come back, all right, here's what I, here's what I think we need to do. And then and, and, and you put your arm around them and you tell you crack a joke and, you know, something like that. But that, those I had Mike Mason – as a pitching coach in the minor leagues, he should have been a big league coach numerous times over, but he was so good on the developmental side, but he would, he had great feel there and the good ones all do. Um, I would love to know how Mark Pryor is as a pitching coach, mm -hmm. um, you know, having, uh, you know, you know, flown so close to the sun, you know, and, Seriously. and, 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 and the wax melted and fell to earth. Um, but I would love to know how he is. Obviously he earned, you know, well, in the, especially in that system, everything that he's gotten 
Um, so obviously he has those, uh, the, those attributes that we don't see, um, you know, when we're in the stands or you're, you're calling a game or whatever, um, or, or watching on TV, but I know the guy coming, you know, over, um, and, and I just think they've done a really good job. I Girardi sets the tone and now, you know, the equivalent of that with Dombrowski, you know, I, I'm really excited about what they have in place. And, and, and the security in my mind is that, the, you know, they're going to make the right moves yeah. and, and, and they're going to be prepared for the moves that need to be made when the primary move doesn't happen, yeah. you know, or doesn't work out. And that's what I always saw is the agility and awareness as a GM, as a president of, of baseball ops. Um, it's like, it's like Shapiro um, yeah. has done over the years. And I know him well, it's, it's, and he's always talked about that. He's like, you don't have to be, you know, an, an MBA to go hire an MBA. You know, you don't have to be all these things, but you need to depend on the people around you and listen to them and and know the move is right. And then make sure if that move sucks that you had a secondary option <laughs> in place. Um, be willing to be vulnerable. Um, be willing to get up on that stage and die as a comedian and tell the tell the joke that bombs. Um, those are the things you do as a, a, in all of these positions, whether it's a starting pitcher, you know, a, a three hole, a, a utility guy or a GM. Like all those things, you have to you, you have to be so confident in the people around you and yourself that you can make those decisions. And I think sometimes the guys that you know hesitate, their gut told them to do something, and and they're kind of trailing what they should have been. Um, that's what eats them up. Oh yeah, and I, like th- those are the guys that I, I I they they have the right intentions, but it's that leadership quality of just taking the reins and being like, this is the decision that needs to be made. I mean, I, I remember Charlie, I was shocked at this. Okay. Um, Lidge was down in 09 and Charlie called me in the office and he probably called Matson in and, and I, and other guys and said the same exact thing, but he called me in and said, you know, Hey, you know, Lidge isn't gonna be able to close for a couple of weeks. And um, I believe in you. And I think you can throw in the ninth inning. And, um, and I remember thinking, what, you know, I, I I'm confident in the seventh and eighth inning, but that's a different animal there in the ninth. Um, but it was, it was knowing what you had to say to guys and, in in knowing what you needed to just patch this together for a period of time until we get, you know, get everybody back in place. Um, I know now at the time I was like, man, he wants me to close for two weeks. Yeah. Like I'm in, I had a couple saves and threw in a couple ninth innings that were tied and, you know, big man on campus for a minute. Um, but he might've told the same thing. I don't remember what everybody else did during that stretch, but he probably told the other guys the same thing if he's smart and I know he's smart. So um, I just know that that that's part of it too. I remember being called in the office in Cleveland with Eric Wedge and Mark Shapiro and them just telling me where they were at <laughs> with me as a player and, and how valuable that was to me as a player and the confidence, even though I wasn't going great, the confidence that I had in myself because somebody communicated well with me. Um, and I hadn't had that. Allard Baird did a good job of that with the Royals. Mm-hmm. Allard's a phenomenal baseball guy. And there were certain you know guys that didn't do a great job of, of communicating. I just thought when, when that fell apart, and it goes right back to the communication happening between a pitching coach, a hitting coach, um, a manager, and his players, if you don't feel like you're valued, you don't really feel like you have any value. No. I mean, it, it, as bullpen guys and you know, as a utility guy, like we – share a lot of the same things because yeah look they're starting eight right and then you got the, the starting pitchers uh they're cared about like an, it, it's a different role right we we get that but our end is like it is so fascinating just to see how performance is when people communicate with bench players or bullpen guys if you communicate as a manager general manager whatever about what the role is maybe not even not even role at times it's just like just the actual care about you what we were talking about earlier with the pitching coach it changes everything like the the actual belief that charlie you know has in you and he tells you to your face it's different than hearing from your pitching coach well charlie thinks this no charlie said it right to your face and now you want to run through a brick wall for him i was shocked at how I mean, I was already in it. I felt like I was in a good position. We just won a world series. You know, I, I was throwing well. Um, and, and it, mo- it was motiv- motivational. It really was. It moved the needle. It was kind of like when, 
you know, when one of the, the, the guys on the team like Chase Utley or Jimmy Rollins or Ryan Howard or Brad Lidge or Chooch or whatever, or Barry Bonds, when, when, you know, those guys, if those guys had a heart to heart with you for two minutes, you were lit up inside hmm. and you were like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at more film. I'm getting in, I'm, get, I'm going to work out after the game today. And, and you might've been doing those things anyway, but it's just, there's something about <clears throat> that coming from your manager, your, your stars on the team. And, 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 and what I found out is how much it meant to those guys that the utility guy and the, and the long reliever <clears throat> when they connected with them. Yeah. No, for Cause sure. a lot of times they're enigmas. Yep. Yep. Like they don't get to have normal conversations with anybody. No. Uh, they're no. like the real pretty girl when you're in eighth grade. Nobody talks to her. Everybody thinks everybody talks to her. Yeah, no, no, they're all no scared. Um, no you know, so that that's kind of, uh, you know, something, you know, that I gain a ton of value on as, as we get older. And that's why, you know, the gray hair on the battlefield, you got to respect it, you know, because they, they got there somehow. Yeah. You know, they're still alive somehow. Um, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, what I'm learning in, in 43, you know, I'm young, uh, <laughs> in the game. When you think about who, I mean, how, how the gray hair in the game and, and the, and, you know, there are a lot of guys that are 35 that have way more, you know, <clears throat> experience than even I do just in, just in, in the way that they went about their career and who they were on the field catchers. Um, but that, you know, when a 55, 60 year old guy who's been in the game for 40 years, um, see something, man, you got to stop everything you're doing to listen. Oh, hell and that's yeah. where the scouts, and we go back, circle back to the scouts. That's who they are. Mm-hmm. They've seen, they've seen 250 games a year, every year, sometimes more than that. They'll, they'll go sometimes. Yeah. They'll go to a spring training game. They'll watch the big game. Then they will go back on the backfield and see, you know, eight more games and, and thousands of reps and then go across town to the night game and do the same thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, and they do that all year and they're passionate about it. They love it. They're excited to drive. To, you know, some of those guys are worn down. It's tough. It's a tough life, but they love it. They love it. They're they love they're it. Lifers. They're sitting in traffic or they're sitting in an airport at 4am and yeah, they're tired and yeah, they're beat up, but they can't wait to go see this kid throw. Yeah. And, and, and they're taking that out of the equation in some cases. And, and it really is sad. Hey, before I let you go, uh, yes. do the Phillies re-sign JT? And if they do, can they do anything else in your mind as far as building the team and uh, where they are financially, what we've been told? Um, I, I don't know the, the numbers well enough to, to speak on, on how the the structure of the deal would exist with JT and backloading it and everything. Um, there's, I I think he, I don't, I I don't know personally, but I think he wants back. I think he wants to come back. I think he enjoyed his time here. I think he loves the players on the team. He's that type of guy. Um, I would love to see it happen. It is, he's the best catcher in the game. He's one of the best leaders in baseball. And that's, that's impossible in my mind to, to replace. So, uh, but in the other moves, if you're backloading his deal, it, you know, yeah, you're, you're going to have to go identify the way that those guys that are elite at this, like Dave and, and his guys, they go identify the, the pieces necessary in the bullpen um, to complement the starters that they have. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, JT is a huge piece. He makes the entire staff better. Yeah, you know, no, it, for it, sure. It, the, that's, that's a part of it that... But this you know, team is so... Just, it, like, it, it's so flawed in so many ways... That it's like, how can they do it, right? Yeah, he had a down year. That's a lot of pressure in a weird COVID year to be in a contract type year for a guy who is a you know bunker type player. In my opinion, mm-hmm. contract years are hard on those guys. Yeah, because it's they're outside of their own comfort and their skin. You know, they're not able to just go grind like they always have. All of a sudden, it's like, wait a second, I might get two hundred million. <laughs> like, well. I don't even know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that thought. And, and, you know, they learn you're going into their next one. You can't focus on that. You just do these things. But a lot of these guys, they're, they're having, you know, like, like, you know, you think about Bryce 
having new new kids in the family you know from having young mm-hmm. one, young one it is a different lifestyle altogether than you've ever had before yep. and and so as these things change and as these guys have these things like having JT and Bryce together and and moving forward with the wheelers and the nolas and all these other pieces that's your core <clears throat> losing JT is a that's like you know I've got to rebuild the wheel for a minute yeah um, he's a difference maker for me he's my uh outside of Aaron Nola because I, I I know him you know personally Outside of him, um, and no offense to Bryce because he's fun to watch and he's my my second son's favorite player. Uh, JT's my favorite because I get to see him every day. Most Did you just say your you second know? favorite son or your second son? My second son's favorite player. <laughs> every one of my kids are my favorite. Oh, uh, I almost caught you right there. I thought you might have. Go back. We'll go back. And um, it's it's a pump fake. It was a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, you got yeah, me up in the uh, air. You might have leaned in on that too. <laughs> uh, and one, uh, but uh, my my favorite kid's always the one I'm speaking to at the time. Nice, um, I like that. Yeah, you, yeah, it, it works. Um, they'll all evaluate that later. But yeah, I, I, JT, <laughs> wherever JT goes, uh, and I did this a lot as a player. You know, the, you, you just you don't have favorite teams when you're a player. You have you have guys that you follow and families you follow. Yeah, favorite people. And yeah, you have favorite people, and and I, I mean, I don't think I've ever spoken to JT personally, but I really just like everything he's about, um, and it fit in the Phillies uniform for me. But a guy like that fits in all thirty jerseys. Yeah, you know, he, he fits he's, in, he's a special. He's a, he's a special player, special talent, it, but like it, it's different when you're a guy that plays i'm not gonna ever say emotionless but it is even keel and you know like when he's struggling it's grinding at him but the the little bit that he shows i've said it i don't mind saying it he reminds me a lot of chase oh yes 100 percent. you know and and and, and it's yeah it's the intensity it's the way he hits the ball back to the pitcher and and is in the outfield running you know just he's starting to to finally decel across first base (laughs) yeah Um, it, hard, it's, hard 90 it's amazing the things that he does that reminds me and it's a winning player and it it sucks yeah. that he hasn't been on these winning teams right i mean that no, that's, I the, could that's die the problem right now on i see it in Corey seager all the utley influence oh it, but the best part is Corey talks about it yeah you know he, and, he and how important it. how important having chase uh come over in that trade was i mean what yeah. a change for the entire franchise uh, everyone is uh, lactose free now, dairy free. Um, I mean, <laughs> the inflammation's it, it, gone. I mean, you're talking you're talking about serious influence, but not only about just the game, the way it was played, but the prep. You know, and coming that's to the where field, I see JT and, being so oh, extremely yeah. valuable, yeah. and the yin to the yang, where Bryce, if he if he's going bad, everybody knows. But you have to have that. You have to have that fire. It's a and and there needs game. to be more. Like to me, on the perfect team, you have multiple Bryces. Obviously, like multiple Bryces is great because then that means a lot of homers, a lot of a lot of winning. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, as far as the way they show their emotion, like, yeah, I want more emotion out of our bullpen. Oh, like yeah. I think that's a huge part of it in the moment, right? Like not choreographed, none of that stuff, but just in the moment. Get it? I, I just love emotion. I needed Scott Air and JC Romero, right? Because I but didn't you play have with the kind con- of emotion. Then, then you contradict that whole thing by saying, or not even contradict, but you complement it by a JT, yes. right? So for every guy that is emotional, you have the guy behind him. It's like yes, it, it, it works so perfect with those two surgeons. Yeah, you know, the surgeons don't fist pump in the middle of the surgery, um, they don't. You know, and that's who JT is. But they're um, the ones that yeah. always have like the successful surgeries, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm, whatever. I mean, we may get absolutely shocked at what the you know what this looks like in six weeks, um, five weeks, four weeks. However soon we're getting close. Um, you know that time of year where everybody's leaving to go to Arizona and, and Florida. The moves that can be made, and and just and, and especially in this year where you know a lot of teams are going to wait and see what, what what's the year going to look like. Are yeah. we we can't go spend money yet. And, and a guy like Dave, who's been around and seen it all, he's, he might be looking for some low hanging fruit that nobody else even knows is available. Kind of like Middleton did with Dave. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, look, the Dodgers have continued to get stronger. Uh, their bullpen went from like ridiculous last year to 
you know, getting he Tommy Conley from from the Yankees in in a uh, you know non tender tra- or non tender deal to sign to a two year deal, basically rehab him for a year, and then you got him two year deal for Blake Trinan, Turbo Sinkers at ninety eight. I'm so I, glad that I'm not a pitcher right? in the NL West. Uh, it, it's ridiculous, and so you're going. There's moves that could be made, but you're like. The Dodgers just keep getting better. <laughs> well, that's the thing that the, the Padres just loaded up, and then you look across at the you know the the equivalent on the other side of the roster, and you're like, eh, Dodgers are still better. They are, but in in the thing to me with like the Dodgers is that they have accumulated the quality of depth, right? Like it is ridiculous quality what they've what they've accumulated, and they have in the minor leagues. They're well, holding you depend on to on it. what they say. You, like when they say we have depth, you know they have depth. Whereas exactly. You've heard but, that, some other but that's the thing is that say, like. It, it's yeah. they don't bring up guys just to fill holes. Like it's like nah, they bring in guys and bring up guys when guys get hurt. Like produce. Like you're gonna yes. do this. Like this is immediately. Yeah. And if you don't, we've got two more. Exactly. But they're not gonna <laughs> leave you. They're not gonna say okay, we'll we'll send you back, but we're not gonna forget about you. Like that's the tremendous thing that you know. And they have all these decisions coming up, whether it's uh, Bueller. I mean, to me, Bueller, Seager, and Bellinger. You can only, in my mind, you can only keep two unless you got really, really, really creative with all of them. And I, and I, I've said it. It's I would go Seeger and Bueller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, they just continue to do. By it the way, and... you never you, if you go Bellinger and Bueller, like you're not wrong at all either. So it's just like, <laughs> however you you choose, you're you're going to be just fine. It's amazing um, how extremely well the teams and and at some point i mean maybe it never ends but at some point the pendulum does swing the other way um you know really talented secondary guys in the in the organization end up being primary somewhere else and you know that's just the natural ebb and flow um you know tampa's done a really good job after andrew friedman left of of continuing to do the things that he did well while he was there um, but that's know, it, that's, that's the thing is that understanding and not trying to reinvent the wheel, right? Not trying to say, "Oh, well, I got to do it my." You're going to do it your way, but it's been successful here. We're going to keep trucking. I, I think that is a huge, like, as big of a part of the whole thing with organizations is not trying to like just reinvent everything when it's successful already. Yeah, I mean, the, it takes a long time, a very long time, to be as good. Um, you know, as they've been and, and to maintain it, it is, it is crazy to me and knowing guys that are, uh, uh, you know, over there, um, like I said earlier in, in the podcast, it, 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 it really does come down to the, the value that they um, attach to each person in the organization um, in their role. And, you know, and it comes from the top where um, from what I understand in meetings, you know, everything stops when the guy talks Yeah, and they're given the value, they're given the stage um, and, and it's impossible. And if you don't value them, there's somewhere for you to go. Yep. Like you're not going to be a Dodger anymore. Yep. And that's, you know, the tone is set. It, it allows for a freedom, uh, and of shared information. It, it's just, you know, it's fantastic. And, um, you know, the guy that's coming in at the helm and, and the, 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 the Sam folds of the world that are highly educated, who have the ability to adjust on the fly and are hyper aware because they played because of what they've done shortly after their career in baseball. I mean, they're, they're set up really well. Um, I love it. It's the fact it's a grinder. Like it's someone that had to grind in his career. Yes. He he was drafted a few times, turned down money, went to Stanford for his, uh, you know, to finish up uh, schooling and, and, and getting drafted again, signing for way less money, but it's like, he got to the big leagues, stayed there for a while, but he grinded. And it's like that mentality in a GM role with maybe not as many responsibilities right now, I think is just invaluable. It is an invaluable thing for a franchise to have. That's, you know, it, it, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, seeing how this plays out over the next weeks and months and, and years. I want the Phillies <clears throat> to be, um, be great again. The, the, the city's great. Yeah. They deserve it. <clears throat> so for, for the the old uh, you know 2008 um, you know World Series roster guy, um, maybe there's some guys out there that that want to hold that uh, hold that up high and they we're the last ones to win and all that stuff. That's that's not how I'm built. Um, I, I always wanted the guy I was competing with to 
to do better and make me better. And, uh, and I feel like that's the same thing. I want to see these guys um, in the city experience it again. The, I mean, it's a whole new generation of kids um, and, and families you coming to games and watching games and buying merchandise and buying jerseys. So, you know, the sooner they can go out there and put a phenomenal product on the field, the better. Yeah, most uh, most kids named after Chase Utley now are close to high school. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. that the Bryce age is starting to, to happen. <laughs> I was going to say they're going to they're, – they're going to have kids in about seven or eight years and, and, uh, and they're going to name them something else. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Derbs. I, I appreciate you coming on pint talk for breakfast as always. It's so much damn fun. You're the man. I appreciate it. Anytime, anywhere. Um, we know it. You know, we got it. glad we had it. You do a great job. Oh, I mean, that is so, that's so nice of you to say that Chad Durbin, Chad Durbin, former Philly, Always going to be world champion, Chad Durbin, of your Philadelphia Phillies. Thanks for joining me right here on Pine Talk for breakfast and a great talk with Derbs. And I hope you liked it. Message me on Twitter, at Kevin Franzen. It was another great one. Peace.